0: On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Uh, day one at Cyclone Taylor Cup. It's in the books. A couple of great games. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Josh Piercy, the voice of the Revelstoke Grizzlies, and Emmanuel Sequera, the director of communications. I almost messed it up again. Director of communications for the KIJHL. And myself, Mark Berry, host of Top Shelf. We're going to talk about day one. And let's start off with uh, the first game, the one o'clock game. It was Delta taking on the
1: Kimberly Dynamite. we got Sinclair up against Wheel on the opening faceoff. Moments away. From the first puck drop. And we're underway. Cyclone Taylor Cup 2023. Now the Kimberly Dynamiters on a quick, fast break here. Shot from the right side. It's in the back of the net. Crossed across the crease. And the Kimberly Dynamiters, with only 17 seconds into the game, get the first goal of the match. Well, that turns out they don't look very sleepy after all, Mark. And it was... uh
0: wheel with the goal as he just taps it in, what a great pass working down that left side, they put it to the front of the net, not much chance for Erickson and wow, we're off to a quick start. Into the attacking zone, chance here for Delta, raises the puck and puts
1: it in the back of the net Is that Kellen Mander? It is indeed short-handed goal, and the Ice Hawks just like that Mark, that's that burst that you're talking
0: about, out of nowhere Kellen Mander, the defenseman, a big defenseman Paydirt
1: Short-handed goal with 6:30 left on the clock. On the right side for Kimberly. They go back to the blue line. Mealy shot is in. That seals it. The Kimberly Dynamiters take the first game, two to uh, one.
0: Josh, you called that game. Your thoughts on the on the play of both teams.
1: I think me and you were talking about it earlier, and I called it a comprehensive win for the Kimberly Dynamiters, which sounds funny when it's a two-to-one game that goes to overtime that had no goals except for the first 17 seconds and like, the last five minutes. Yeah. But it really did feel comprehensive, I mean. Uh, You talked about telling me why, you know, I was asking what the Delta team was like, and you said they were a little bit streaky, and you could definitely tell that today. Obviously, they've traveled a long way, and it's the first game of the tournament, so they're all kind of figuring out what's going on. But uh, yeah, I thought Kimberly were sort of comprehensively controlling the puck. Obviously, they doubled them up on shots, 44 shots, uh, the final for the Kimberly Dynamiters. And yeah, Delta looked good in patches, and if they can extend those patches for more periods of time tomorrow against the Oceanside Generals. uh, They'll have more luck, but uh, yeah, for today's game, a couple of guys really stood out on Kimberly, but it was a top to bottom good team performance for the Dynamiters.
0: For a team like Delta, they win the PGHL Championship, but that was way back at the beginning of the month, so they had a couple of weeks off, and one of the things that we talked about on the broadcast was Kimberley's just coming off a seven-game Battle with Princeton on Monday, and they come into the game—you know, two days, three days rest—against a team that's well rested. And one of two things could happen, and we saw what happened. And uh, Derek Stewart, the head coach of the Kimberly Dynamites, will be talking about that shortly. Uh, Emmanuel, your thoughts on on game one?
2: I thought it was really great and probably important for Kimberly to get off to that quick start. I mean, I imagine they wouldn't guess that they would score 17 seconds into the yeah, game, yeah. but that's a hell of a start. You can't really asked for anything better than that to get onto the score sheet that quickly. And then they just kind of kept it going. And then you kind of see the game kind of like not slow, but almost I guess the teams kind of feel each other out and it hits this sort of comfort level. But then they're still battling each other hard. I mean, things that, I, that stood out to me is how physical the game was. And like for two teams that don't see each other, because obviously two different leagues, they played like they hated each other. Like, that was not lacking at all, which I thought was impressive. In the third period, I started thinking, like, okay, is this going to be a one a nothing finish? And then Kalen Mander gets that important goal, shorthanded, to eventually force overtime. And so I, I thought it was a very good game. And you have different guys with spurts where they're really standing out. Christian Mealy, for example, yeah, comes up yeah. with a big goal. And right. he's kind of known for coming up clutch. Like, he's always stood out. I remember, like, his first year in the league last season, he scored a ton of goals. He went to the SJHL for a bit and has come back. But I think that experience, like, any time I've talked to guys in the past when asking about how that junior A helps them and they talk about the differences and how much better things are, they bring it back. And I think you, you see that.
0: You know, uh, the MVP, it was Christian Mealy for, for Kimberly, but... I was really impressed with Tristan Wheel, just that that he scored the opening goal 17 seconds in. But it wasn't just that, it was his play the entire game. He was an energy guy, I thought, all game. You watch the game, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, Tristan Wheel, I thought, had a great game. A guy I got to give a shout out who's definitely not going to be mentioned that much in post game was Cam Reed, the defenseman yeah, oh for the goodness. Kimberly Dynamiters. He controlled the play, he quarterbacked yeah. the play, he got seen plenty of ice time, big presence on the puck. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you're the Delta Ice Hawks, this game could have been a lot worse penalties seven penalties yes. for yes. the uh, seven power plays for the kimberly dynamiters uh didn't score any of them i mean if, any, if anything they're minus one for seven because they've let in a shorthanded goal yeah if you're kimberly you've really got to you got to tighten that up and turn that around yeah for me cam reed yeah great great play today and i expect him Uh, You know, with his size, his physical presence and his vision on the puck to uh, go on and have another great game tomorrow night.
0: And on the counterpoint on that, uh, Delta has got to get control of their discipline because uh, seven power plays at this tournament, that is not a recipe for success. Let's talk about success, though, because I thought Merrick Erickson, he was MVP. He was impressive. He really was.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was flashing the leather. We've seen some crazy gloves saves, some brodeurs. We've seen a lot of uh, stretching out of the pads. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Grizzlies broadcaster. Obviously, I don't get much chance to watch the Delta Icehawks play. I did last year in the Cyclone Taylor Cup when they hosted it. Uh, but yeah, Merrick Erickson, what a, what, a, what a game he had today.
2: Well, and I think talking about his play, though, especially, I believe it was in the third period, or maybe it was the second period, but Mealy, there was a pass over, and it's just like, oh, he's going to bury this. Yeah. And somehow Erickson kept it, and that was huge. If he lets that in, it's probably game over, because then that would have put them up 2-0. Right. Kimberly played such a strong defensive game. They didn't really give Delta that much to work with. And so if, like, if Erickson doesn't make that save, yeah, it's, like, they're probably done. But he gave them a chance t- to win the game, and that's all you can ask from for your goalie. But like one thing I'd like to kind of touch on with talking about that heavy battle that Kimberly had with Princeton coming into yeah. him, the quick turnover. Uh, one thing I was uh, in a post game when I was talking to Mealy was even though it, like it was such a battle, and Derek Stewart told me like it was a war, but if they were carrying the momentum from that series, and he feels that the group is carrying that momentum from that big win into the Cyclone.
0: Let's wrap up this section and uh, hear from head coach Derek Stewart. Coach, uh, talk a little bit about the game from your perspective. Did you like what you saw from your guys from the first game?
3: Uh, I liked what I saw in the first and second period a lot. I thought we took our foot off the gas in the third, um, combined with them um, playing better in the third. They kind of took, took it to us in the third, but uh, you know, we're a resi- resilient group and uh, over time we don't quit. So it was a great goal by Christian Muley in overtime to get us the, the extra point.
0: Uh, you guys played on Monday night. How much of a, a factor was
3: that down the late, late going of the game? I, I'm not sure if it had any effect on our third period or not. Um, it may have. Um, I almost think it's kind of an advantage. Um, we just played on Monday, so we can just try and continue to play like we did three days ago, whereas these guys have been off 10, 12 days. It was probably a little bit harder for them to get going, but I thought in the third period they were, they were much better. I thought Wheel in
0: the first period looked really good. He got that early goal, but he looked dangerous all period long.
3: I thought he was our best player tonight. Um, Tristan's been great all playoffs, and tonight, uh, you know, he's, everyone knows about his offensive skills, but he was physical. He was in the right spots, winning a lot of faceoffs. I, to me, he was our best skater. What
0: would you like to see out of your boys for day two?
3: We've got to fix our power play. Um, we had plenty of opportunities tonight. It hasn't been working since the start of the finals. Um, we've got to fix our power play tonight.
0: Thank you very much. It's Derek Stewart, the head coach and general manager of the Kimberly Diner, and following a 2-1 overtime win. Yeah, thanks, Mark. On top shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm once again joined by the voice of the Revelstoke Grizzlies, Josh Piercy, and the director of communications for the KIJHL, Emmanuel Sequeira. Time now to talk about the evening game, Revelstoke and Oceanside.
1: For Ass, and he plays it back for McPhee. Shot through traffic. Blocked by Schwab. Back of the net. Ooh.
0: To Brady Schwab. Johnson joins in to help out, comes all the way back to Haas. Haas to the close side. Back to Haas with a quick shot and it flutters through traffic and finds the back of the net. With .6 seconds, a power play goal. Over for Dice. He plays it back. Cross ice pass there. Top of the point, back over for Carlson. He plays it down low, side of the net. Can't shovel it in, and he does. Finds the back of the net, squeaks it through the five hole.
1: I'm calling it to Johnson, number 16, Carter Johnson. Around the boards, comes back to the defense with Carlson. Dipsies around a few guys. Gets the shot off, trickles into the back of the net through Joseph Kachaslo's pads. Oceanside back the other way. They've got a statistical advantage here gets this pass to the right side and a beautiful goal Dante Ah,
0: Pazio
1: 5-1 in favor
0: of the Oceanside Generals really an entertaining game for most of it until Mm -hmm. Oceanside pulled away and it's clearly what happened. Uh, Josh Pierce, you were uh, you didn't call the game, but you were up in the press box watching the game. Your thoughts on Revelstoke and uh, Oceanside.
1: It's a different if it's a difficult one to unpack because I think in a lot of ways it's exactly the way that Revelstoke wanted to play. They're a stingy team. Uh, they don't allow a lot of shots. They don't generally get a lot of shots and they don't have a lot of standout players on offense. They're top to bottom a really good, well-coached team, and it's sort of difficult to unpack where it went wrong tonight. And even going into the third period, you know with only down two goals a three to one lead for Oceanside you know everyone says about a two goal lead but it really was there for them to go out and get so I don't know it lost a little bit of steam in the third period Oceanside got a couple of quick goals and from there it was just dotting the i's crossing the t's
0: how much do you think of a factor was uh you know the VIGHL has a bit of a reputation of being a skilled league mm-hmm. and one of the things as a, a guy from the VI I can tell you is the Oceanside Generals play a a K-I-J-H-L style of game. They play a heavy game. Do you think maybe that caught Revelstoke off guard? Because it was a very physical
1: game at times. It could be. I mean, the Revelstoke Forum is a really big, it's a fortress for the for the Grizzlies too. And it's worth noting that they are the home team in spite of the Oceanside Generals on the scoreboard tonight being yeah. the home team. They are the home team. This is their arena. Uh, the Grizzlies, when they're here, they like to pull the other team into the, the way that they want right. to play. And maybe something that caught them up, like you said, is they pulled the Generals into the way they want to play wanted to play and Oceanside said that's how we want to play too and they went out and took the win yeah
2: even Josh talking about that what stands out to me is essentially the extracurricular stuff between like the whistles and the generals giving the shots and it's just like almost to the verge. of like it's reaching that line where you think okay a fight's gonna break out yeah but then nothing happens or I think it was late in the third period where basically a generals player was basically like just four-armed a grizzly into the glass, and it's like, you're kind of wondering, it's just like, hey, is it something going to happen, or is maybe something going to get called? And it's just like, maybe the Grizzlies weren't expecting that, but it's just like, they just matched up with it, and it's just like, but it comes back to, again, what I was talking about before, two teams that haven't played each other, and yet they played like they hated each other. It was almost like as if they played each other a 100,000 times. Like, it had that rivalry hate to it, even though, obviously, they don't, and it was just, that aspect, I think, Made it interesting because of the intensity of it. What Josh said before, it's kind of hard to know when things sort of really change because it was so even for the longest time. And then, like that late goal in the first period, doesn't help. I didn't think it was a backbreaker. And then you get the early goal, and then it just the wheels kind of fell off. But then Revelstoke, the hunger came back in there. They had good pressure for about at least five minutes or so in the third period to keep pushing. But then, you know, the goalie, he makes the big saves that he needed to. And they really weren't able to, like, generate enough strong scoring chances.
0: You know, uh, last season, everybody liked the Peninsula Panthers at Cyclone Taylor Cup. They're, They're a nice team. They're not going to say that about the Oceanside Generals. Nobody says that about the Oceanside Generals, particularly anybody that's played against them. They play a physical, rugged game. And as I mentioned, they play a very much a KIJHL game. So, and I think you hit it on the head. I think Revelstoke played the game that they wanted to play, and so did the Oceanside Generals. And uh, it was, I thought at times it was a very, very good game. And then, and like, like you guys, I can't figure out when the wheels came off. Because it was even, even, and I was watching the game going, wow, this is the way it's supposed to be played. Fast end-to-end action, physical play, the guys don't like each other, love it. And then it was, all of a sudden, it was 4-1. And you're going, okay, how did this happen? Let's talk about some of the players, because I think there are some players to talk about. Uh, Anybody else for you uh, from Revelstoke that stood out?
1: Yeah, well, I think the beauty of the Grizzlies, too, and something that they've... You know, touted all season long is that they really have a two headed beast in that. So, Owen Albers and Joseph Chazzo, those guys were top three in the league mm-hmm. uh, in terms of goals against average save percentages all season long. What the Grizzlies always tout is that they've got a really solid defensive core. Uh, and then a couple guys who can go forward and get yourself a goal. Obviously, we called uh, Brady Schwab the MVP for tonight, and I thought Schwab had a great game. I thought Curtis Kinoshita had a really great game. when He stepped in and really stepped up when a couple of other guys were out of the lineup, Uh, and he's a local Revelstoke boy, uh, so to see him come up and and put in the performance he did, I was pretty proud
0: of him. How, How big of a factor not having Brandon Gallo in the lineup?
1: Well, I think when you go back to what you were talking about before uh, about creating a rivalry and about getting chippiness, I thought that's what Delta did really well actually to start the game. Even though they had lost earlier uh, today, what they really did well was that they got out and got into Kimberly's heads, especially when that's a team that just came off a seven-game series. You think it would be easy to get in their heads. Obviously, it wasn't so much. But Gallo is that, exactly that type of guy. He's that guy that is a spark plug. He's that guy that uh, gets the team motivated. He's a guy that gets the fans motivated. Uh, so definitely a big miss to not have him in the lineup and he is a guy who really helps in the power plays the quarterback from the defense on the power play so we'll have to see going forward uh what happens with him uh definitely would be a big addition to the lineup
0: you can certainly see why matthew hutchinson uh, was the vijhl top goaltender this season only 16 years old but he looks so confident and you know getting into the third period and knowing the way he plays i just couldn't see anybody score three goals against him he's that solid he plays so square he was just up with the uh, Vancouver Giants last week and acquitted himself very well your thoughts on the play of Matthew Hutchinson
2: yeah I mean he was good I was just looking at the shots like Revelstoke outshot Oceanside 12 to 6 like he made the important saves that he needed to because as I mentioned before Revelstoke they had a good push in the third period to try to generate the chances and He just made the saves that he needed to, and I'm trying to think of, like... Was that shots
0: on goal in the period, or...
2: Shots on goal in the period. Right. Yeah, 12-6 to for for Revelstoke. Because I'm trying to think of, like, I guess, grade-A opportunities, but there probably wasn't really that many... Yeah,
0: you look at the, you know, one of the M.O.s from the Oceanside Generals, they don't let you inside, Uh, and and that certainly was the case So the goaltenders, both Hutchinson is good, so Sadaskis, Uh, those two goaltenders are solid, but the defense did a good job, and they didn't have Brady Van Herc in the lineup, you know, hard to say if he's their best defenseman, because him, between him and Carlson, they are uh, the best defenseman, but they did a good job of keeping uh, Revelstoke to the outside for most of the night, Leary is a forward converted back to D he looks solid so there was a number of I thought Oceanside general players and I thought it was the one of the best games the Oceanside generals have played in the postseason this year let's hear from their head coach Dan Lemon talking with Oceanside head coach Dan Lemon following a 5-1 victory Cyclone Taylor Cup day one against the host Revelstoke Grizzlies coach first of all your impressions of the play of your team tonight
4: yeah, I thought we did a lot of really good things, and everyone had a good game. We talked about sixty minutes and, and having everyone going, and uh, you know, with with some injuries late in the in the playoffs for us, some guys were playing some new positions, some new roles on the team. I thought everyone did a really good job with that. So Hutchinson made some huge saves when we needed him to. Our power play got going. Our penalty kill was really good in the second half. So. A lot of positives, but it's a quick turnaround. We're back at it at 1 o'clock tomorrow, so it's one of those things you can enjoy the moment in the change room and then you just move on from it. You know, on, on a game where you scored five goals,
0: I want to talk about defense because, first of all, I thought uh, Leary played uh, an exceptional game back there.
4: Yeah, we talked about, I just said, we talked about guys being in different roles, right? And we had we had Hawes playing on power play one with Herc out. We had Leary playing D. He played D for us last year for a, a whole bunch of time and then moved up in the playoffs last year. But what a job he did. He logged key minutes. I think all of our D were logging key minutes, so... Um, we talked about that in the room, about what a good job he's done. He's a big body. He's a 20-year-old. He cares so much. He wants to win so bad. So um, he's the guy that will do anything for the team, and he had a great game tonight. Ethan Hawes scores the winning goal. We'll talk about Ethan Hawes. He doesn't show up on the stat sheet a
0: lot, but my goodness, he's a a great two-way defenseman.
4: Yeah, I think you look at the last two games we played, you know, once Herc went down and Hawes went up to power play one, we scored two goals in the Sandwich game to clinch the playoffs uh, on the power play with Hawes there, and then tonight he, I I don't know, he was in on a few goals, I know tonight, I know he had one, I think, so you know, he's a guy that's played in some big games over in Australia, in the World Juniors, and uh, he's always been, you know, a guy that always wants his time, wants opportunity, and and he's got his opportunity, he took it tonight, as he did in um, late in the season for us as well he's just a hard-working kid professional kid fits in great with our team you know we got a really good dynamic in our dressing room right now with leaders role players and, and it's just coming together at the right time but it's only one win so you're back at it
0: tomorrow, a one o'clock game again against Delta. What do the boys have to do to be successful?
4: Well, we, we got to take it seriously and we got to get out of here and have a cool down and make sure we're taking care of our bodies and hydrating. That's going to be the biggest thing. Uh, we got food coming into the hotel and we're going to be eating in bed and then getting ready for tomorrow. Delta's a high powered offense, fast team. They look gritty today in the game that I saw. and um, I'm sure they're going to be motivated to, to get a win tomorrow after losing in overtime. So there's no easy games here. We don't expect there to be in. Um, they're going to give us everything that we can handle tomorrow. And hopefully we're up for the challenge. Dan Lemon is the head coach of the Oceanside Generals. Thank you for doing this. Thank you very much.
0: We're back on Top Shelf, the KIGHL podcast. Day one wrap-up. I'm joined by Josh Piercy, the voice of the Revelstoke Grizzlies, and Emmanuel Sequeira, the Director of Communications for the KIJHL. You know what, since that one podcast, I've tripped up on that one every single time. Uh, Let's talk about uh, day two action. On Friday, uh, we've got a daytime game. It is Delta and
1: Oceanside. Your guys' thoughts on what we can expect for day two. It's going to be interesting. I mean, you said it earlier, Oceanside play a lot like a KI team. So it's probably going to be most of the same as what Delta faced uh, today. You know, we were talking about it just then. Oceanside, they've got the size, they've they've got the grit, they've got the tenacity. But I think Delta learned a lot of lessons today, maybe to not be too complacent to not let so many chances go to waste maybe not take so many penalties but something that they will definitely do again is to get out there uh, get their confidence going with a couple of you know chippy hits and a couple of uh, maybe uh, jabbing around but uh, but yeah I think it's going to be a, a lot of the same I expect Oceanside though to come out and impress again because they played really well tonight.
0: And they got a very potent uh power play. They demonstrated that in the VIJHL in the playoffs and in the regular season. So, one of the things Delta really has to do and, and you know, cuz I thought Delta played a great game today. We all thought they played a great game. Just just a little short. Uh they still get the point out of it, but uh for you know, Friday's game, uh, they got to stay out of the box and play 5 on 5 hockey uh for them to be successful. Emmanuel, what do you think?
2: Yeah, i kind of stole the words out of my mouth. I was thinking the same because just watching the way Oceanside played edgy against Rebel Stoke, how Delta was against Kimberly, they're going to have to keep that in check if they're going to have success against Oceanside. Because if they're not able to play with control and they le- essentially let Oceanside, I guess, I'll just say, kind of take over them or whatever, then they're going to run into trouble. And not that their tournament will be over, but like competing for that gold medal, that opportunity will be gone for them. And so I think, yeah, the discipline part for them is going to be key. I'm sure that's probably something that their coaches talk to them about. And so for them and their fans, they'll hope that won't be an issue.
0: You know, I'm going to let the last word go to Josh because uh, this is your home. Revelstoke's your home. Talk about what a great community this is and what a great old building this is.
1: No, it's awesome. Yeah, the Revelstoke Forum, obviously, it's uh it's, it's a really old and incredible community building. Uh, it's been around since 1962. Uh, one of my friends from town, Peter Bernacki, he uh, laid the concrete here himself, and it's been around ever since. And the beautiful thing about Revelstoke is, for a lot of people because Revelstoke is this tourism hub of the world, uh, it's their introduction to hockey. I've met so many Australians and so many people from uh, the UK, so many people from other places, but they come here to ski, they come here to board, they come here to, to ride their snowmobiles, and then they come to the forum and they, you know, they get in and they see the atmosphere and they start doing their English chants. Like there's there's chants here that you just don't hear <laughs> anywhere else in Canada in hockey arenas. And I think a really impressive thing, you know, obviously we've seen the atmosphere here tonight, that the community's really gotten around uh, this tournament and it, they're proving themselves to be more and more, I feel like every year, bigger hockey fans than the year before. And it's, I think it's going to be a big boost going forward uh, for the community and for hockey in Revelstoke.
0: Day one action is in the books right now. The Oceanside Generals on top of the table with three points. The uh, Kimberly Dynamiters with two, Delta Ice Hawks with one, and uh, Rebel Soak Grizzlies, none at this point. Uh, so day one action in the books. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow uh, to give you a day two wrap-up. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry, along with Josh Piercy and Emmanuel Sequeira. Thank you.